aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Whoa, we did that. We nailed it. It's opposite day. Total opposite day. After one complete (laughs) flub, which was 101% my fault, we then nailed it. Yeah, although I wasn't very clear. I said, let's switch parts, but I didn't realize what we were switching either. We figured it out together. I was acting like I knew what I was doing. I had no idea. We're like jazz. We just... (laughs) improv exactly hey listen thank you so much for tuning in uh you can tweet at us at struggle bus pod email us at struggle bus podcast at gmail.com use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy on twitter and check us out on instagram instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod or tweet at sally t or me at spk heller and if you want to get into our super secret private facebook group the struggle buddies just email us and put in the subject line uh, I want to join the group or something about the group. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we will add you. It is a great safe space. People are posting the best stuff, Mm -hmm. good articles, cat photos, Mm -hmm. everything. Feelings. Yeah, feelings, opinions. And by the way, um, if you want to be in the Facebook group and you also have a struggle you want us to give you advice on, write two separate emails because what happens is I think this is – we don't pay attention. Yeah, as soon as I see that, some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> our attention span, our ability to multitask is not great. So as soon as I see that someone wants to join the Facebook group, I immediately send the invitation to the Facebook group and archive the email forever. And yeah. it's how your questions get lost. So just make sure you email us two separate things. Yeah, we have one of those this week. Many yeah. apologies. Sorry. And they, they they wrote in and were like, um, did you miss the question? So do feel free yeah, if yeah, we yeah. missed you. For okay. sure. Cool. And um, also, if you uh, have a time-sensitive struggle, note that in the subject line. And um, when you write in, we like to know your preferred gender pronouns if you want to give it to us. So just, uh, yeah, let us know. And review us on iTunes. I'm yes. sorry. We're definitely not reading off the computer No, document. not at all. Um, so, Sally, how was, how was your week? Uh, okay, my week was – well, last week most of it was pretty bad, um, pretty terrible. I think all of us were feeling really sad. Um, it picked up on Saturday when we recorded the bonus episode. That was really fun. It was really fun, and I really needed to hang out with you, and I needed to talk to you about stuff that wasn't incredibly heavy, which we did, so it was awesome. And then uh, – also, you – when we record, mm-hmm. I just want to put this out there. We both put a lot of effort into it because we prepare for the show and then we record it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then you go home and you edit it. Yes. So for me, that was like a delightful like hour of my Sunday uh, – Saturday. Yeah. But for you, I feel like that was like a bigger chunk of time. And so I just want to thank you for putting that time well, thank in. thank you for saying that. What I normally do is listen to the entire episode back and fix the tiny things. I didn't do that this time. I kind of let myself be a little bit uh, less of a perfectionist because my Love it. shrink mentioned like you get really stressed out, but you're putting that on yourself mm-hmm. and everything doesn't have to be perfect. And it really doesn't yeah. um, because, you know, it's raw. It's good. But uh, I let myself kind of you know, do a couple edits and that's it. And that was really helpful for me. Cool. So there was definitely some fun, okay, you know, cool. downtime. But thank you. I like when it's like loosey-goosey like that. Should we go ahead and ask about the Patreon thing now? Oh, yeah. Why not? Speaking of working on it, we love doing this show. We but do. But it does take a lot of our time. And somebody had to buy a new computer recently. <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, we do the show for free because we love it. But we're figuring out how to maybe get sponsors or get a little bit of money to cover the cost and the time. So if – Oh my God. Sorry. Please welcome our guest. Please welcome Catherine's our guest. neighbor in the stairwell. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What are they talking about? 
we're keeping this in. Yeah, we're going to keep it in. I don't know, but when we, there were so many sirens on Saturday yes. when we were recording at my place. So I feel like the ambient noise is just, you get a little bit of peak behind the curtain. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, okay. Um, we were thinking about potentially one of the many ways we're looking at making money um, is Patreon. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of people who do it and basically you can join for like $10 a month or something and you get extra something mm-hmm. from us. So if we were to do that, what would you like to get from us? Would you like a Google Hangout or a live stream of the show, us recording it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Some more regular bonus episodes bonus maybe. Bonus episodes, yeah. Or maybe some more like, yeah, behind the scenes stuff. But um, let us know because we definitely want to, if possible, make it a thing where uh, you guys – who you know if if you contribute to this project you get a little something extra from us yeah so yeah let us know cool yeah so you were saying okay so the- uh I was invited to a party not 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 your yes not my your boyfriend party. also at a party yeah, yeah that one I couldn't go to because of prior social engagements but um I was invited to a party that I really wanted to go to but um was really really nervous about because it like involved people who are like used to be colleagues and who are sort of in the same professional world I'm in and but it was a social thing it wasn't a work thing and uh I'm not so I talk a lot about not wanting to go out and not liking social stuff it's not because I want to make it clear that it's not because I have like a social anxiety thing uh I just don't like Oh, oh my that's God. my neighbor's laugh. She's wonderful, but she's got the Whoa. best laugh. But it's pretty loud. Is that that sounded like a sound effect? It does. Yeah, I, I've known her for years. She's wonderful. Oh my God, Catherine's neighbor is the Wicked Witch from the Wizard of Oz. It's amazing, wait, wait. but in oh. a good way. Uh, there she is. I want to hear her laugh again. Yeah, I hope he says she, something funny. She laughs a lot. I don't know if it's going to come back. I can do a really good impersonation of her laugh, but I'm not going to do it now because uh, someone's sleeping in the next room. She could get paid to laugh into a microphone. Oh, yeah. Our microphone. She's a stunt uh, artist. Oh, really? She she played Nicole Kidman's stunt double in a movie where they had to use a... Uh, a laugh stunt. Okay. Yeah, no, not a laugh stunt. Um, a um, Lambretta, like a scooter. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. she has a scooter. That's um, outside the building. Like a Vespa or like a... It's like a Vespa. Okay. It's called a Lambretta. Okay, because it would be funny if it was I one say of that those. as if nobody taught me the difference once years ago and now I act like I have all this knowledge. <laughs> I'm kind of into scooters, guys. Um, okay, anyway, so so I don't, it's not that I, I... I don't dislike parties because of an anxiety thing. Uh, my anxiety thing I don't really think is social. My anxiety thing is like everything else, but... Um, I don't like parties because I just don't. That's not how I like to socialize. And so I was really – but this particular thing I was really nervous about, really anxious about because of the circumstances. And um, I went with my girlfriend and she's really good at understanding how to be a social person and like the rules yeah. and just like how to chit-chat and stuff like that. And I, when we were there, I was like, do I say goodbye to the host? Like what do I do? Because my normal go-to would be like – make my rounds and then like quietly repel out of a window or something yeah. like that. So yeah. I didn't have to say goodbye. Smoke bomb. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Create a diversion, run through the wall, like in the Looney Tunes. Um, so I would, and I, but so anyway, in the moment when I was like asking her, do, do I have to say goodbye? I realized that I don't actually know like social conventions around parties. I only know the rules I've made up to minimize my anxiety. Oh, yeah. So I was like, what would a reasonable person do in this situation who wasn't completely afraid of every social interaction they could possibly have? And mm. she was like, okay, here's what we do. 
you don't really have to say goodbye to the host because the host is throwing the party for another person. You should say your goodbyes to that person who the party is in honor of, and then we can bounce. Wow. I was like, oh my God, I never knew that. So anyway, I don't know. I just, I feel, I wrote in the doc, I learned how to go to a party and I just, I feel like I really learned a thing about how to be social that I didn't know because I had, I've made these rules over the years for myself, which are totally about containing my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, sometimes you're in a place where you're like, I think I can cope with like doing another thing. I think my anxiety is going to be okay. Given that, what would I do? It's very interesting because a lot of people have not the social anxiety, but in general parties are hard to go to sometimes Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Zeroing in on why is a really good idea. And then you go into the party being like, I got this. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was good. And I definitely, um, I definitely got through it and I felt like I'd accomplished something. One other thing I want to say is um, I just want to mention use of the word chick Mm. um, as a word for woman, which sometimes people when they write in, it's happened a few times recently. I don't know if it's like using the word chick season or something, but um, I think that... um, It started around Easter, strangely enough. (laughs) Strangely enough. um, But like it's, it's a, I think a not like excessively pejorative and kind of casual way of saying woman. Uh, but I would say that when it's used, we we edit it out and we replace it with the word woman mm-hmm. because it sounds kind of diminutive and dismissive. And uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. No, no, I personally have no problems with the word because reclaiming and all that stuff, but I understand. Yeah. And I think it's best just to err on the side of, because a lot of people don't like it. So yeah. I'm going to be like, okay. Yeah. You don't need to use it, you know. Yeah. So um, I don't – it's not one of those words when I – that when I hear it, like, my blood boils. But it's it's a word that when I hear it, I'm like, mm, you could use a better word maybe. Mm-hmm. So if you hear your letter being read back and you've used that word and it's been changed out, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Talk to me. I, okay. So it was my boyfriend's birthday this weekend. And for those of you that saw the video, he went all out on my birthday this year. So I kind of had to mm. – not had to. I wanted to, like – do something fun. You wanted to win. Yeah, but um, we ended up uh, yesterday, his birthday was Sunday. Yesterday I took him to a place called Nighthawk Cinemas mm-hmm. where you can eat a full dinner watching a movie and I saw Wiener, which was amazing. Tell me everything. And um, oh, wow. Okay, so Sally had already seen it and everything you said was correct. I think we saw some things differently because it's such a great documentary. You really can make up your own opinion. They mm-hmm. they were definitely being documentarians because you choose what to show. But what they showed was just everything and it was really well done and it brought up a lot of feelings about um, being a fan of something and knowing the person must be problematic, um, how behind every great man is a great woman, that BS. But what really struck me, and I don't mean to be like, white men, am I right? But <laughs> he was so uh, lackadaisical or whatever, like he was like, well, boys will be boys kind of attitude. And that was the entire thing is like, he's got this thing, but moving mm-hmm. forward, he's a great politician. He really is. He's an amazing politician. And yet, Obama could never get away with something like that. Right. Because he's black. Uh, a woman could never get away with something like that because they're a woman. So this really is this white male privilege, and everyone's very accepting of it. You know, he lost the election for so many reasons because he couldn't stop and it was getting weird, you know. Mm-hmm. But they were like, <laughs> they gave him many chances. Right. And I just think about politicians and everyone's like making excuses for them. And yes, I believe we hold them to a certain standard. I don't need, you know, but the fact that other people can't have that was very clear to me yeah. in this movie. And that's, it was really interesting. That's a really good point. And it, it makes me think of how there – I think we have this thing culturally where when – 
men do a boys will be boys, quote unquote, type of thing, it almost makes them more likable because mm-hmm. it's like they, they're like playful about it. And like Anthony Weiner's attitude towards his own indiscretions is very like, it's kind of contrite, but it's also, what are you going to do? Yeah. Boys even his aides are like, that's our wiener. He, yeah. You know? But it was so sad towards the end. I'm not going to give anything away, but um, his his people who were there with him, these kids, these young people who really believed mm-hmm. in him were so disappointed and they were really trying to give him another chance. Yeah. And that was really hard to see. So Yeah, they were like genuinely really let down. Yeah. Lots of thoughts. Yeah. Whom is amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's it's interesting to watch. Anyway, so I saw that. But um the thing I did, I guess it actually goes into a thing mm-hmm. I did for self-care. Um, do we have a thing for that? A thing we did. did oh yeah. I don't know. We need like a theme song. Who knows? So basically the birthday thing, Sunday, was his actual birthday. Mm-hmm. He planned a long day of events, including many stops at bars, restaurants, brunch places. And it was really a good idea because a lot of people are like, I can make this, but I can't make this. Mm-hmm. Choose your own adventure kind of situation. It was great. But I was looking at 10 hours of straight social time, That's and so I'm intense. not good with that. So I was a little bit nervous. And then I thought, you know what? It's his birthday. Make it great. Just have fun. You know, uh, it's going to be fine. And I went in with this, like, non-pressure and, like, how do I put it? Not, like, forcing me to have fun, but, like, I said, there's no way. This is not about you. Anything you're dealing with, make it about him. I had the best fucking time. Oh, my God. I had the best day ever. And it's because I kind of just let myself not worry about anything and just, like, all right, you know, real cash. I like that. I love it. It was great. It was like uh, playing a role that I was meant to play and that I need to step into sometimes more often because it was really good. That's great. Congratulations on making 10 hours of socializing fun. I did take a moment to, you know, recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm glad I – Five minutes in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Right? For every, like, hour you have to socialize, five minutes, like, alone. Um, Okay. So a thing I did was – I so recording the bonus episode was definitely a self-care thing. So that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. After you left my apartment, I spent basically the entire rest of the day lying on the couch. Nice. I napped and I listened to podcasts and I read a little bit, but I mostly was just lying there totally inert. Mm-hmm. And normally I'm one of those people who's like always like tr- puttering or doing a, a thing. I'm like, I have to do laundry. I have to wash the whatever. Puttering. You know, I like make up chores because if I'm doing chores, I don't have to be like alone with my thoughts um, and my existential dread. But I was just like so wiped out and lying lying there and doing nothing felt amazing. Um, mm. And I have to say, so I'm counting this as a self-care thing. Um, so we had company for brunch on Sunday and – they have a small child and I, I think he's like four hmm. and they, we have this big poster in our apartment, um, of the solar system and this little boy, this little four year old sat down in front of it and he sang this song about each planet and he would put his little finger on each planet as he sang. And it was like, it's like obviously an educational song where he's like, it's like, I am Mercury. I am like uh like I am a gas giant I I don't I think actually one of the gas giants is like Jupiter I don't think it's Mercury or it's like I am Mars I am a rocky red and like it's like the attributes of the planet Mm -hmm. and it just goes on and on and the tune is like this like really cute but like kind of totally tuneless like children's song thing and he just like sat there wrapped singing it while we like watched him point at the planets and like sing the song and it was the most lovely adorable moment made my weekend 
And I'm totally counting it as self-care. Oh, that's great. Just like taking what it What did he say it. about Pluto? Because I'm still, the jury's well, still actually, out, right? Pluto wasn't on there hmm. because I think he, because he's so little and he's such a new human and he just learned it. And I don't, is Pluto a planet anymore? Well, that's the thing is back and forth. They said no. And then they recently said yes. Make up your damn minds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt uh, left out of the whole Pluto controversy. I'm a Pluto truther. So <laughs> it's like you didn't know about me. Amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway. That's so great. It was like a lovely and adorable. And I wanted to take out my phone and take a picture, but I, I rarely take do this. I rare I rarely am like, let me just enjoy this moment instead of capturing it and ruining it by mediating it with my phone because I actually think you can enjoy a moment and take a picture of it. Oh yeah. I hate those people who are like policing my journey. Know, it's like right? oh, just enjoy the moment. I'm like, this is how I enjoy yeah. the moment. Can and this a, be how I enjoy a moment? Yeah, in a week from now you're gonna want that picture. Right. You know? Always. Always. Um, yeah, so but I but this time I was like it was mostly because I didn't want to stop watching and listening what he was doing to like go figure out where my phone was and it was a really good choice. Mm. Awesome. I thought you were going to say I don't take pictures of children. Oh, no. no I That's mean, all oh, I take pictures of. Yeah, right. No, because overall I try not to because I don't want to post anything like, without yeah, the yeah. permission or something. But that's instead you were like living in the moment. <laughs> so I just hit the microphone like three times it's in a row. Okay. I can't. Fine. I can't hit the mic only once. I hit it. Yeah. Then I freak out because I hit it. So and I hit just it again. Keep swatting yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> the title awesome. of our episode is going to be that noise. Yes. Cool. So um, should we get to the first email? Let's do it. Do you want to read it or should I? Um, yeah, go for it. All right. They say they're a woman, and could my fake name please be from a stupid rom-com you can't help loving? Sally, what is your go-to? Okay, I I don't – this isn't a good genre for me because I don't think I've seen a lot of them, but the ones that I have watched – nothing is a simple answer. Uh, um, for, I love rom-coms. The ones I, I, the ones I do like I don't think are stupid, so I don't know if they count as stupid rom-coms. Like what? Like, I don't think When Harry Met Sally is stupid. Oh, no, not at all. Or like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I love that movie. We, um, for me, what happens in Vegas is my guilty pleasure one. I okay. love it. And um, it's uh, Cameron Diaz okay. and Ashton Kutcher. Oh my God. You know you what? I would wait, love it. I was going to make a joke. I was going to be like, probably it's an Ashton Kutcher movie. It is. And it is. Okay. It's so good. Let's go with that. Yeah. All right. And I think the woman's name is Joy in it. Love it. All right. Dear Kate and Sally, this is relatively time sensitive, but also not particularly important in the grand scheme of things. I find your perspectives on people's problems to be very interesting and often force me to consider points and facets of the situation I otherwise might not. So thank you for your conscientious advice and for broadening my perspectives. My situation has the potential to be one of those predictable fluffy rom-coms. You know, two best friends fall in love, but they don't say anything out of fear of ruining the friendship and then stew in sadness until some friend mentor series of dramatic events forces them to (laughs) admit their feelings for each other. And then everyone lives happily ever after. I recently had a mutual friend who I very much trust Give me a heads up that my closest friend is probably going to do some sort of admitting of feelings thing sometime soon. Now, I'd like to ignore the fact that mutual friend may be wrong and regardless shouldn't have shared that information with me because that's not where I'm looking for advice. See, the basic issue is that I don't know what what if I do or even if I can reciprocate her feelings. We know each other through queer things, but I'm also kind of maybe probably somewhere aromantic, asexual, and she doesn't know that. I've had a few flashy crushes, and how I feel about her is definitely not that, but we are very close, and I really don't want to hurt or lose her. Side note, I generally only ever go on dates with people who I don't care if, when it doesn't work out, and potentially because of this, those situations have never worked out. I love the dynamic we have now, and I'm worried that whatever my response to the situation is, it will 
upset that cliche, I know, but I also have no problem with taking what we have and putting a relationship label on it. The implications of that on our interactions with other people wouldn't bother me in the slightest. What does worry me is if we did start calling our relationship a relationship, then I would in some way be leading her on, implying that I am, will be attracted to her in a way that I don't know if I can even be, even can be. To summarize, if she does proposition me in some way, is there a way I can say yes without leading her on? And is there a way I can say no that would minimize hurt? Thank you for your time and whatever stellar advice you end up giving, Joy. Okay, Joy. Well, I think um, I think that probably it wouldn't be a good idea to, you know, uncategorically say, yes, let's do it. Because you said you don't know if you can ever be attracted to her. And you know, typically like customarily in relationships, there's an understanding that if you're getting into one, both parties are attracted to each other. So I think it would be unfair to get into it without talking about being aromantic or asexual. So I think that that kind of has to come into the conversation. Um, and if you're going to say no, I think that I think that you can just in a nice way and a kind way explain that you care about your friendship and you want that to be your relationship and that you, you don't have romantic feelings for this person. I, I think that that's not like an inherently mean or cruel thing to say. So mm -hmm. I don't think you need to worry too, too much about minimizing hurt. I think, you know, being honest is the best way to minimize hurt. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I just think that um, if she's, she's going to be disappointed, yes, but we'll get over it. I think the truth is the best way to go. I agree with Sally 100%. You don't have to say you're aromantic or asexual if you're not ready to tell mm -hmm. anyone that, but... I think even just saying, oh, my God, I love you so much. You're a good friend. I don't have feelings for you like that. Yeah. Because that's the truth, I guess. I, I, get, I was a little confused when you said putting a relationship label on it, what would that do for you? I would make it weird because then what are you doing? Um, I think if you're friends, you're friends, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, yeah, don't probably don't set her up for failure because if you give her a hint of maybe, then that's a hope. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just not fair for her or for mm -hmm. you. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, you played out in your mind like this course of events of what would happen if you said yes and how it would be okay if you were in a relationship and stuff like that. But, you know, you have to keep in mind that, like, you don't have to figure this out yourself. There is this other person involved. Yeah. I, you know what's interesting to me is the friend, though, that told you this. Mm. Like, what if she – the other friend, the one that likes you, never tells you that she likes you. Then it's putting you in a weird spot. Mm -hmm. Like, does she? So that's a little interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a... Have you ever done that to someone? Like, been like, oh, heads up, they're going to do this. Um, I don't... Not that I can think of. I don't think I would do that unless the person wanted me to leak the information. Interesting. Maybe you know? that was it. Which sometimes I think does happen. Like, yeah. you know, someone is like, hey, can you like put out some feelers about if I were to whatever? Mm -hmm. But I agree. I, I think it creates a weird dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, Catherine. I think like you don't have to go into being aromantic or asexual or whatever. I think all you really need to do is explain why a romantic relationship probably wouldn't work with this person mm -hmm. and just be nice and you know like I think emphasize how much we value the friendship and that you want to keep it at that yeah I would prefer the truth if I were that person be like well thank you for that they're going to be disappointed that's going to happen it's not your fault it's just you know people can react how they're feeling and yeah it's okay yeah and I mean I I just I have like a like a kind of a feeling just from your side note joy which was like Side note, I generally only ever go on dates with people who I don't care if, when it doesn't work out. And potentially because of this, those situations have never worked out. I feel like that's like less 
than I think I feel like that's more than a side note. I feel like that's probably like a really important detail, but you didn't ask us to talk about it, so we won't, or I won't, I guess I should say. But like, I do think that like that's an interesting detail, and um, maybe it's related to being aromantic or asexual, but also maybe it's not. So I don't know. That might be a thing that's worth like thinking through a little bit, whether or not it's like in relation to this particular friend or some other situation. Yeah, and one word of advice if when this happens, she may react by not wanting to see you for a while. I know because that Mm -hmm. helps me is not see the person. Don't take it personally. In fact, a little bit of a break in your friendship might be a good idea if she's like, I only think of you this way. I'm heartbroken. You know, that's that's normal too. Mm -hmm. So that might happen and that's okay too. Yeah, Yeah. totally. So Joy, good luck. Good luck with that. Let us know. Yeah, keep us posted. Okay, this email is from someone who wrote in previously uh dr melfi was their name this is the one that we was late yeah this this person wrote in a few months ago and we missed it uh because like we were saying the beginning it opened with a facebook group request my total bad um we answered their question oh i didn't put it in here i thought i oh oh they they wrote in it's from episode 32 and they wrote in asking about looking for jobs and looking professional when you're gender non-conforming okay so I've written into the show before, and you both gave me wonderful advice. So a little background into what has been going on since then. I was lucky to get a job recently after I did an unpaid fellowship. I still hate unpaid work, and I brought this up to the organization and discussed how it is at odds with progressive values. The company I did the fellowship with is an incredible organization aside from that, and even though I had to work in another city, I was able to be in an environment that was extremely supportive of my transition. All the staff made a point to be supportive beyond using my name and pronouns, and they even helped me put on a clothing swap because I couldn't afford new clothes. Needless to say, Catherine's giving the thumbs up in the background. You guys can't see this, but I'm I'm doing the thumbs up. Um, Needless to say, it was an incredible experience. Recently, my fellowship supervisor heard about a job opportunity, told them that I would be perfect for the job, and then connected us. Now I'm managing a congressional campaign in my district. I can't believe where I'm at now compared to where I was last year, and I'm so lucky to be able to work for a candidate that is actually progressive, uses my pronouns, and has been attending Trans 101 trainings and consulting with organizations to find out how how to make trans healthcare better here in Oregon, among many other great policies. And Catherine was totally also doing the like rocky celebratory yeah. like fists in the air yeah, thing throughout like that conducting part of the orchestra with yeah. my hands right now. It's pretty terrific. Yeah. Uh, through all of these incredible experiences, I've had a rough time over the last few months. I was raised Mormon. I have the quote unquote bruise to prove it, and my whole family is either Mormon or non-denominational Christian and lives in the South. Since I came out, I've had a very difficult time with them. My parents and I no longer speak, and before this, we were very close and talking pretty much every other day. I was also close to my extended family. I have a huge family, and now I'm only talking to four out of 36 of them when I used to talk to most of them at least twice a month, usually more. I've spent most of my life moving around, especially during my six years in the military, so my family was the only constant in terms of relationships. To make it worse, my father is a bipolar alcoholic, and I grew up being abused. I have two siblings at home still, and my father cut me off from contacting them and my mom by deleting me and blocking me from their phones and social media accounts when I told them that I didn't want him in my life after he said some horrible transphobic things to me. I had finally had enough, and I told him that he was an abuser and needed to seek treatment for that because I won't have a relationship with abusive people. Everyone thinks that I'm just being judgmental and that I don't know what abuse is, but they don't see that they've become accustomed to being abused because their idea of abuse is what you see in the movies. 
I've recently gotten in contact with my younger siblings, but it's still difficult to speak with them. I try to catch them when they're on their lunch break at school or when they go visit one of my other siblings, but it's so stressful trying to keep a relationship with them while avoiding my father all the time. I live in Oregon and they're out in Georgia, so I can't ever see them now either. I guess my question is, what would be the best way to keep a relationship with them or anyone else in my family while avoiding my father? My mental health has definitely improved since I removed him from my life in January, but it's been rough on me and my family in other ways. I'm sorry that this email got so long. Thank you again for everything. Even if you don't get to my question, it is nice knowing that I can write to someone who can empathize. I hope you have a fabulous day. Best, Dr. Melfi. First of all, congratulations on that job. That's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I think I remember one of us saying in that episode that um, if someone's going to give you crap for the way you are presenting... You don't want to work for them anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's great that you found someone. It's yeah. rare to find that. But oh, my God. Yeah, congratulations. that was all amazing. Um, listen, it's tough when they're young and they're at home, the kids, the siblings. I'm going to go right to that because I totally am 100% uh, with you in not speaking to your father. But unfortunately, they live with him and they're being raised by him right now. I'm guessing there may be teenagers in school or something like that, younger. Um, Unfortunately, you may not be able to do anything until they get out of the house and they're adults because uh, they will most likely be able to have a relationship with you still. Um, but maybe when they are a little bit older and they can handle the whole I can see you but not talk about my dad in front of you, um, definitely stay in touch. But you may not have the close relationship you want with them until they leave the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hate to say that and then have them be like, never talk to you again. So definitely, I might talk to them uh, about this a little bit, just sort of float the idea of like, hey, I really love spending time with you. You know, dad and I aren't talking, but let me know what helps you. I really mm -hmm. want to stay in your life. What what way do you want to keep in touch that would help us mm -hmm. or something like that? Yeah. It's putting a lot of pressure on them if their kids are teenagers, but being more honest Airing on the side of honest is good. Keep mm -hmm. it simple. But they might have an idea. Be like, hey, why don't we FaceTime once a week or something like that? Mm -hmm. um, other than that, it's really, really hard, especially when there's um, people under 18 involved who live with the person. Yeah, you can't really suss it out. Mm -hmm. Sally, thoughts? Or yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, I think what you're doing is awesome, like trying to reach them on their lunch breaks. Um, I, I wonder if uh, – I you know, I think that like the thing that – you always see in movies that parents do when they're getting divorced where they tell the kids, like, we love you. This isn't about you. This is about mommy and daddy. Um, I mean, I wonder if it would help to say, like, you know, I'm not not in touch often because of you or because I don't want to be in touch with you or because I don't love you. I'm, you know, I'm keeping my distance from mom and dad, but I want you to know that I, I love you and I care about you. Maybe you already say stuff like that, but um, I don't know. Maybe if you don't, maybe that's a thing of just like letting them know that you really care about being in touch and it's important to you. Um, but otherwise, I think you're doing kind of it sounds like as much as you can do because it would be – I think being in touch with them in any other way would put them – would potentially put them in a position of getting in trouble yeah. with their mom and dad, which, you know, you don't want to – like, you don't want to get in touch with them in, like, some other, s s like, gratuitously sneaky way that would make them, you know, put them at risk of getting in trouble, I guess. Um, and I think that I, – I just want to say, like, I, I think that you have to look out for number one. And if you have to get away from someone who's abusive, and that means leaving some other people behind um, – I think that it is hard and it's sad, but you're also doing the right thing for yourself. And, you know, every situation is different and I'm not necessarily saying 
Like, I don't think that what I said necessarily applies to everyone all the time, forever, in all situations, past, present, and future. But I do think that um, we have, like, a bias culturally towards staying in something that's bad for us because we we like we feel like we owe it to other people who are also involved. And I think that a lot of times we need to remove ourselves. Um, and sometimes removing yourself means, like, getting the fuck out and, like, not looking back. And you're not even doing that. Like, you got the fuck out and you're also trying really hard to maintain these relationships. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, and I think it's great that you're finding a way to prioritize your self-care while also maintaining these relationships that you feel like are important. So yeah. No, yeah. that's actually a fantastic point. Um, you're doing a lot right now, and this is, this is hard. The fact that you've gone so far already is amazing, but it's not, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You really got to take care mm -hmm. of yourself, and unfortunately, you can't do 10 things at once. Mm -hmm. If you're building a house, you can't build the foundation and also work on the window treatments, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, yeah, take time with yourself to ease into it. Also, disowning a family member is very emotionally rough as well, mm -hmm. so that's, there's a lot happening here. Mm -hmm. I want to take back something I said about the kids – don't ask them what they want to do. I, mm. I realize that's putting undue pressure on them completely. I would say what Sally said is just, hey, just so you know, I'm in touch with you not that often because of dad. I love you so much. It has nothing to do with you. Uh, I still want you in my life. And they'll understand. Mm -hmm. I guess I just didn't want to like put any pressure on yeah. them, like I said. So. And I mean, they also might not understand, but that and that would suck. But that will be a thing that you sit with and figure out how to cope with. Like, yeah. I think that there are times when like, you know, I think this is not an uncommon thing. Like an older sibling is like, can't do it. I'm out. And sometimes like the younger siblings are like, yeah, I totally get it. I would be out if I were you too. And other times younger siblings are hurt or they don't understand or whatever. Then they get older and they do or whatever. So I think there's like a multitude of ways this can go. But I think that, you know, from what you've already done, it's more important that you take care of yourself than you worry about what 36 out of 36 of your family members feels about you, uh, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, I mean, I've said this before in the podcast, like I, I think that we have this thing about family and how they're the most important people in our lives and yada, yada. And I think, <laughs> I think that that is, if that is true, like if, if the stars align and you happen to be born into a family, that's like really good at taking care of you and really understands you and really affirms you. And they're also really fun to be around and you love being in touch with them. That's like amazing. And you should be in a museum somewhere. Um, but a lot of times that's not the case. Um, like sometimes there's like a, pe a person here and there who you're really tight with and it's great. Other times there's no one and it's like chosen family that does this care. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's fine. I think you're fucking batting a thousand, Dr. Melfi. So yeah. keep on keeping on. Yeah. And one last thing. I'm just stuck on the talk because I'm now flashing back to times I've had the talk. Mm -hmm. As much as you can, let them know it's not us or them. They're not making a choice. It's not yeah, about yeah. like that. You know, make oh, it that's good. Yeah. very clear. Like, I'm not talking to dad, but you do whatever you want. I love you no matter what. Obviously, you know, just let them know they don't pick sides or anything like that. Totally. Because I've had family members be like, pick a side. And I'm like, well, not yours. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Love yeah. it. Now I'm flashing back to some things. Ooh, boy. Oh. Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Stay in touch with them, but honor the fact that they live under the house of your dad. Yeah, totally. Mm. Uh, keep us posted. Sorry it took us yeah, a million dude, years to get so to sorry. your email. That was totally a mistake. All right. So um, that's it, right? I think we did it. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, so you can tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Uh, use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Email us your questions or to get into the Facebook group. Um, just specify if it's a question or a group request in the subject line, StrugglebusPodcast at gmail.com, Instagram.com slash TheStrugglebusPod, or you tweet at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. Sally, 
the song of the week. I'm pretty what psyched. is it? Um, have you heard of this song? Did I even put it in here? You did. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard the song "State of Love and Trust" by Pearl Jam? Um, no. Okay. It's okay. I, Maybe. I, I, you might recognize it. Mm-hmm. It's from the movie Singles, the 1992 Cameron Crowe movie Singles, yes. which is um, it's such a classic of like about Gen X. Look, it's a bunch of it's about a bunch of straight white people in Seattle. So mm-hmm. I, you know, what's not to like slash hate? <laughs> um, it's with Bridget Fonda, Campbell Scott, Kara Sedgwick, Matt Dillon, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really awesome. If for no reason other than it like captures this like moment in time when everyone really cared what people in the Pacific Northwest who were kind of into alternative music uh, thought about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the soundtrack is really good if you grew up loving grunge music. Okay, so this song is called State of Love and Trust. I think it was written for the movie, but I'm actually not sure. Uh-huh. And it, I, I didn't really choose it for any reason other than I love it and it sort of sprang to mind and it has the most awesome like opening guitar riff Mm -hmm. uh i say that as someone who's not really that into music or guitar riffs Mm -hmm. so i think it's pretty rad and uh we're gonna play a little snippet and then you can check out uh there's um it's on spotify and stuff and there's like a video on youtube and everything but you should also go see the movie singles yes have you seen singles no it's 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 a classic i think you'll uh you'll be into it awesome it's pretty dated but it's great i think i mixed it up with clerks they're all the same. It's, yeah, it's like in that genre. And then what was the one that Gene Garofalo was in? Reality uh, Bites. Reality Bites. Yeah, that's all the same, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, because they're all about the like slacker Gen X thing. Mm-hmm. Especially Reality Bites and Singles. I think of them as like being like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I love how every generation is called lazy in different ways. Yeah, totally. Ugh, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. So it's I a good song. It. Check Thanks. it out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Bye.